0: Well, welcome to everyone here and those joining us online over at Bush Lake and Woodside. It's so good to be together. My name is Zach and I have the joy of serving here as the Bush Lake campus pastor as well as the multi-site pastor and I get to join the teaching team from time to time. Uh, we find ourselves in the middle of a sermon series called Thrive, Bringing Life to Life. And This sermon series is all about how can we find ways to where we're not just surviving, but ultimately we are thriving in our lives. It's really just something that I think is so relevant because I think for many of us, we kind of feel like we're just at times holding on for dear life. And The principles of this sermon series are pulled from a book written by some local authors and leadership consultants, uh, Tim Schmidt and Paul Batts, who wrote the book, What Really Works?, And when I discovered that we would be doing a series on this, I got really excited. Because back whenever I was graduating from my undergrad at Bethel, uh, Jay Barnes, who was the president at that time, gave me a copy of this book. And so what this book is all about is blending seven different areas of our lives to find a life that really thrives. Uh, Those seven areas are family, uh, fitness, fun, finances, friends, future, and faith. I still got it, right? Searing it in my memory. But over the last nine years, what I've really discovered is it's to find a life that is thriving. It's really all about this. It's finding greater intentionality and greater integration amongst our lives. Okay, it's finding greater intentionality with those areas and those aspects of our lives to really prioritize them, but not just to prioritize them and do them in isolation, but to rather integrate all of these different areas so that we can find a life that is thriving and growing. I think a lot of it like a, uh, an orchestra an orchestra that has various instruments that though those instruments are different, whenever they come together, uh, they produce one melodic harmonious sound and that's what we want to do. That's what we want to be after in integrating and finding intentionality with all of these aspects of our lives. And it's important because I've noticed that over the last several years, whenever I find myself coming to times or seasons of difficulty of transition, or maybe even of uncertainty I've gone back to these principles of finding greater intentionality. And I think that that's why this sermon series is so important. Because as we look over the last year that we've all navigated and been through, I'm sure that many of us don't really feel like we're thriving. Like I said before, maybe we're just kind of holding on for dear life. Okay, maybe for some of you, you feel like you're chasing that elusive work-life balance. And you feel like your work life is just way out of balance. Uh, Maybe for others of you, when you look at your family, one of those aspects, uh, you feel like there is such a strain in your family relationships. Maybe when it comes to your finances or your place of employment, maybe you feel the the stress of that in your own life. Maybe because of whatever's been happening, your your fitness, your physical aspect, uh, you feel like is just out of whack as well. And maybe even for some, maybe for some because of some of the events that we've navigated over the last year you begin to ask questions of your faith. One of those other aspects as well. And because we ask all of these questions a lot of times, uh, that might leave us feeling like our life is meaningless or purposeless and we're just kind of getting dragged along the way. And so that's what we want to be looking at. How can we find greater intentionality and integration with all of these areas of our lives to bring better purpose and meaning to our lives? And so we've looked at things such as family and friends. We've looked at future as well. And so today uh, we get to talk about fitness and fun. Yes, let's go. It's going to be a fun message. All right. So you can amen. You can say, "Mm, whatever you want to do, let's be in it together. All right you have permission. I know you normally don't, but it's like, hey, you've got permission to respond a little bit. Because here's the thing, I never thought that I would have been giving a sermon on fitness and fun. When I was sitting in Greek and Hebrew class years ago, I was like, oh, what am I going to be doing in 2021, giving a sermon on fitness and fun? Never thought I would have done it. But here we are, we're all in this together. But here's what I want you to know. I believe that whenever we consult God's inspired word, that there is wisdom and understanding that we can apply to our lives to live a life that is thriving and flourishing. And so to give you a roadmap for our time today, we're gonna first look at fitness. Second, we're gonna look at fun. And third, we're gonna look at a plan, a plan and application that we can apply to our lives. So fitness, fun, and then a plan. But let's go ahead and dive in to our first point, which deals with fitness. Let's look at the Apostle Paul's words in 1 Timothy four eight. He, he says this, For physical training, is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Let's leave that up there for a second because you can begin to see that Paul, in this passage, he uses a word twice in there. He uses the word value. And that word really carries this idea of of benefit or pursuing things that are advantageous to us. Uh, Physical training has value and spiritual training, godliness has value for us as well. So Paul's after things that will add value and add benefit to your life. But then he highlights this word for physical training is of value to you. And that word physical training in the Greek is actually the word gymnasia. Okay, might sound familiar. It's the word gymnasium or gym. And so what we can ultimately see is that uh, physical training is of importance because it can add value and benefit to our lives. But how? Okay, how can physical exercise and fitness actually benefit our lives? Well, I think we can pause and just ask the question, How has God created and wired and designed our bodies? It really is quite fascinating. Here are a few reasons. Uh, First of all, when you exercise, your body releases chemicals called endorphins. And and endorphins, what what is it that they do? What they do is they interact with the receptors in your brain uh, to reduce the perception of pain. And so endorphins, they alleviate the perception of pain and what they actually do is they elevate that sense of happy feeling. Uh, So no matter what you're going through, you can have a positive outlook on life. Another benefit is that fitness actually improves brain function. So getting your heart rate up improves blood flow to the brain, which helps you to focus and stay uh, have a better brain uh, function there. But not only that, studies found that exercising increases the size of the hippocampus, I had to look that up and, and like have Google help me. Like, I want to make sure I'm, I'm pronouncing hippocampus well, um, but hippocampus, this is associated with memory and learning, and it can help to stave off and prevent the onset of dementia and Alzheimer's. Now, and I don't want to just throw a bunch of scientific facts at you. I want us to actually pause for a moment and say, isn't this amazing how God created our bodies? Okay, God created our bodies to heal themselves and to release chemicals like endorphins. I mean, know this, that you and I are fearfully and wonderfully made. This is not an accident. But rather, what we can do is we can begin to utilize and see our our bodies and our fitness as a tool and as an instrument to bring honor and praise and glory to God. So my invitation to you is this, discover strength. Uh, Discover the strength that God has given to you and the way that he's created your body. But I don't think it just stops there with physical training uh, because I think it continues along. It, It actually pours over and it impacts other aspects of our lives. Let's look again at what Paul says. He says, physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. I think that Paul is driving us to see this connection between our physical fitness and our spiritual faith as well. That there is an overlap. That whenever we improve one, that will actually overlap and improve the other one as well. That uh, we shouldn't be seeing these things as isolated from one another. But whenever we are intentional about one and we integrate them together, it will actually lead to a life that is far more harmonious and flourishing in our lives. It's, It's all about bringing these seven areas together. And I love how Paul is driving, this to, uh, driving us towards it because that's what this sermon series is all about. When our fit, fitness is elevated, our faith can be elevated as too. And so let me just give a quick example for you of how this has really rung true in my own life. You know, about a year ago, uh, I, I found myself just kind of in one of those difficult times. It was right in the early onsets of, of COVID when we all had to work from home. Okay, for some of y'all, that's like a swear word even. It's like... He said work from home again. Uh, But I remember as I was sitting there as as a guy that wants to like, you know, just be active and and I'm kind of type A in that. I found myself sitting in the basement, really frustrated and impatient as I jumped from one Zoom call to the next Zoom call to the next Zoom call. And I know I'm just speaking on my behalf. I know no one else has ever felt this emotion when they were having to work from home, okay? So I know this is just me, all right? But what I found is that I was always annoyed You can amen that if you want to. Yeah, three of you are like, amen, can I say amen? Yeah, you can say amen to that. Here's the thing. It was hard for me to love Jesus and love others when I was annoyed. It was hard for me to be and live like Jesus. It was hard for me to to follow Jesus and and be formed spiritually when I was impatient and frustrated. And so what I discovered one day is just this simple act. Uh, After lunch, I need to just carve out some time. And I got outside and I started going for walks. And whenever I did that, you know, I, I felt my body moving. I, I could feel uh, the endorphins release and I could feel uh, the sun kiss on my skin. I could feel uh, the warm breeze coming through and, and just to breathe in that, that fresh breath of air. And whenever I went back to work, I, I was more focused. I was more patient. I was less annoyed. It was easier for me to love Jesus and love others as well. And so I want to invite you, what is it for you to think through your fitness aspect as well? Now I get it, let's be realistic because we're not going to all go and hire out a personal trainer and start tracking our macros and our nutrition. Uh, That's not what I'm inviting us into doing, but maybe one step for us today is this. uh, View your body as being fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, View your body as being a temple designed to worship God. Because I think whenever we talk about fitness, I think that a lot of body shaming can go on. Okay, I think that we can sit in that, and that paralyzes us from, from moving forward, but ultimately see that God created your body as a place to honor Him and to worship Him. And so, maybe one simple step each and every day is to just go for a walk. Or just go for a walk, 5, 10, 15 minutes, whatever it looks like, and, and just to move your body. And as you really emphasize this fitness component, here's the thing, too. As you're walking, why don't you pray for your neighbors and your neighborhood? See, now all of a sudden you get to add in the faith component. And as you're walking and praying, keep your eyes peeled for your neighbors that you can maybe strike up relationships and friendships with. Now you've got the other aspect too, faith, fitness, and friends. You see how this is working? It's coming together. And As I think about it, I'm reminded of a quote one time that said, Jesus changed the world at a walking pace. You know, for each and every one of us, I mean, we're we're going 70, 80 miles per hour through our own neighborhood, moving from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, when in reality we can change the world, and our world can be changed at a walking pace. Simply pray and walk and strike up a conversation and blend these aspects of your life together. That's the fitness component. Treat your bodies as a place to worship God. But now we come into this second uh, aspect, the, the fun aspect, and and As I began to really think about it, as I got this topic, if if I'm honest, I was like, wait, you want me to to give a sermon on fun? I mean, that that feels a little bit sacrilegious, does it not? Uh, Because I I think for a lot of times, we as Christians, as Christ followers, we can get depicted as people who are stoic, somber, and fun-less. A few of you snickering, it's true, right? I mean, it's like, yes, uh, we can be. And so what I hope and pray is that we can find a way to redeem the idea of fun. I think that we can redeem the idea of fun to do fun in such a God-honoring and a redemptive way. But here's why I think it's hard for us to really comprehend and understand why is fun something difficult for us. As I reflected on my own journey, I think a lot of times the reason why we have our time with fun is because I think we equate fun with mischievousness. Okay, I'll say it again. I think that a lot of times we equate fun with mischievousness. And, and therefore, well, if, if fun is mischievousness, then, then I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want to smell it. I don't even want to look at fun. I, I want to be completely, uh, 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 just avoid it in, in all its entirety. Let me give you an illustration. I'm a dad. I've got two kiddos. Um, and, you know, suppose I have one day, this has never happened, by the way. This is just hypothetical. But suppose, for example, my son Craig is running through the house with scissors in his hands. I'm a better dad than that. Don't put that on me. Okay, that hasn't happened. Maybe not. I don't know. But I look at Craig and I say, Craig, why are you running through the house with scissors in your hands? He might respond to me, oh, dad, I'm just trying to have a little bit of fun. Exactly. And so we see fun as something as mischievous. But I think that we can ultimately take a step back and we can say, man, let's redeem fun. Let's, Let's begin to see how God created fun, laughter and smiling and cheerfulness for our benefit and for his glory. And so we can pull wisdom from the wisdom literature in Proverbs. Proverbs 17, it says this, "...a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones." Okay, that's so deep. Let's read one more time. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Now the author is using in the Hebrew language something that's called parallelism, uh, where line A and line B are parallel to one another. But this is what's called contrastive parallelism, where line A is contrasted by line B. And so line A says a cheerful heart, a joyful heart, all of this, this is good medicine, but contrastive, but a crushed spirit, a downtrodden spirit, dries up the bones. Now in the Hebrew, this idea of drying up the bones, this isn't just referring to our skeletal structure. No, it's referring to our entire physical frame. And so what it's saying is that a downtrodden spirit literally will fatigue or evaporate energy from our physical well-being. And how many of us have ever had one of those days? Where we've been so anxious, so frustrated, uh, where we just feel like we're uh, we're, we're running through it and, and we're just never catching any traction, and we get to the end of the day and we're like, man, I'm just so exhausted. That's what this is referring to. And so I hope that you can see that there is a direct connection, I believe, between our emotional health and our physical health, that the two go hand in hand together. And so, what is the antidote to a crushed spirit? Well, it's then a joyful, it's a cheerful heart, for that is good medicine. Now, I don't want to uh, make light or alleviate some of the positions that we find ourselves in because I know that we're all coming from various walks of life and we all have difficulty in our life. But I just want to pause and, and ask the question Okay, did God create all things? Yes, I think he did. So then, did God create a smile and a laughter? And a good belly laugh that we can have from time to time. Absolutely. I think so. And so when we look at this, can we empirically prove that cheerfulness, that laughter and a smile is actually good medicine for us? Uh, here are a couple of uh, statistics or, or a couple of things for you. Uh, first of all, whenever we laugh, our brain releases a certain chemical called endorphins. Okay, this is the same thing that we learned about early on, the same chemical that will alleviate the perception of pain and elevate that happy, positive outlook that we can have in life. But not only that, when we laugh, our immune system gets a boost in our lives. Our body increases the production of antibodies and T-cells that ultimately fight off disease. I mean, talk about good medicine. This is how God created us and our bodies to laugh and to smile but I think about this too. Because it doesn't matter what culture we come from or what continent we grew up on, there is a universal symbol that no matter what language we speak, we all recognize. And that symbol is a smile and a laughter. Smiling reveals the content of what's in our heart. And so it's something that As we know, we've been created in the image of God uh, that we can tap into, that this is how God created us to to smile and to laugh and to have fun. And so as I think about it, I I just want to invite you into reflecting with me. How does it, or what does it look like then to have fun? How can we have fun? I want to give you a reflection question to to just think about whenever it comes to having fun. And the question is this, what fills your cup? Okay, what fills your cup? What recharges your batteries? What makes you smile? What is it that really just helps you along in your life? You know, for me, the, the thing that really fills my cup is spending time with family. I love spending time with my kids. Uh, but rather than tell you about it, I've got just a 15 second video uh, that shows you how I thrive and flourish and have fun in my own life. So let's go ahead. Let's take a look at this video now. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> oh, it's good. How's, how's your immune system now? You know, I mean, when you get that, I love it when he like pulls back and he catches a deeper breath and then he laughs even harder and he, you can kind of hear he snorts. He gets that from me. Okay. That's the Southern redneck in me. Okay. There's a little bit of snorting that goes on from time to time. But I'm in that season of life, now Craig, who's not even a year old there, he's four, our daughter is two. uh, We're at that season of life where they still like me. Okay? And and so there's nothing better that fills my cup and recharges my batteries than when I get home from a long day at work, I, I walk in through the garage door and I hear this. Daddy's home! And then they come around the corner and I give them a big, huge hug. And it's just in that moment that I'm just recharged and I just pause and I say, God, thank you. Thank you so much for this provision and for this blessing of my kids. And I think that that's an important distinction because we're not just talking about having fun just for fun's sake. We're we're talking about having fun in such a way that it fills your cup, that it recharges your batteries. And so that as we are doing it, it actually swells our heart to give thanks and praise back to God And so here's the thing, there are certain uh, places in our lives where on the surface it looks like it's going to be fun but actually deep down it's far more detrimental to us. Can we be straight for a second here? There are certain things that you shouldn't watch, there are certain things you shouldn't be doing and there are certain people you shouldn't be hanging out with because you can't thank God for them or for that action or for that video in your life. So we should be able to thank God for the fun that he's producing in our lives. That's what it means and that's what it looks like. That's how we can have fun in a redemptive manner to say, God, thank you for filling my cup. I praise you for it. My heart swells with gratitude. We've seen first the idea of fitness. We've seen second, the idea of fun. But now I want us to look at this idea of uh, putting it into practice. I I think that we can really begin to apply this. And so this third point is all about a plan. And, you know, if we want to take steps towards greater thriving and greater intentionality, we've got to have a plan. You know, I'm reminded of the old adage that says this failing to plan is planning to fail. Okay, failing to plan is planning to fail. Uh, let's set out, let's, let's make a plan to, to find greater harmony and integration within our lives. And so here are a couple things that I strive to do. Um, each quarter, I, I try my very best to, to take a pause and to look back on the last quarter to review and to reflect and then to look forward into the next quarter to say, God, what is it you will have for me? Uh, the reason why I do a quarter is because how hard is an annual goal? I mean, how many of us have ever set New Year's resolution and we get to January 31 and we're like, yep, that's not happening. And so a quarter is is much more manageable. It's much more of a bite-sized approach. And so what is your goal? What is it that you're striving for? Uh, Begin with the end in mind and then reverse engineer from there. Is your goal to lose five pounds? Is it to lower your cholesterol? Is it to just laugh more? What does that look like? Work your way back. And then in doing so, the invitation is this. Don't just put a plan into place, but actually think about the daily tactics and the habits that will help you reach that goal. Uh, You know, Jay Barnes, the guy who uh, gave me the book and who was president at Bethel, he he often said this quote, daily decisions determine direction and destiny. Okay, your daily decisions, the decisions you make today determine your direction and your destiny, the place where you are going. Uh, To put it another way, you are the sum of the product of your daily habits. So what are the daily habits that you want to instill? And what are the habits that you want to work on? Now, what I want to do is I want to give you a, an invitation because don't just think about it. Don't just speak it out, but actually write it down. And so what we have there is, is just a, a couple things. So I invite you to pull out your phone, pull out a notepad, a sticky note if you're at home. Um, I don't know, grab a lipstick or chapstick. I don't know, do something. But, but think about this. Write down your plan. And so we're going to give you three fill in the blanks for you. The first deals with your fitness. It's this, my fitness plan, I will fill in the blank. Now I get it, here at Westwood, we love our fill in the blanks. We used to hand out the programs and you're like, yes, I'm going to fill out the blank. And so maybe some of you are stressed right now. You're like, wait, what goes in the blank? You get to decide. You get to make up that choice. And so what would you fill in the blank with? Would it be taking a walk every single week? Would it be tracking nutrition? What would that daily habit be? You know, one idea for you that uh, you could begin to utilize is this, join that jazzercise class at the local gym or that spin class, all right? Now you're kind of sitting there and, and you know, some of the ladies are like, leaning lean over to the husband's like, yeah, see, he said jazzercise, so husbands go join jazzercise, but here's how it all matters. Okay, you get to do the fitness component as well, and you're going to probably do the class with a lot of other people. You'll be in community, so you'll have friendship. You're going to probably laugh. You're going to have fun doing it as well. But then as you're in the class, the instructor is going to say, why did you decide to sign up for this class? And then you can say, one of the pastors at my church told me I had to take this class, and then you can go and invite them to church. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. You like that? There's more where that came from, but you can begin to see there's ways that we can even change the world through jazzercise, all right, or a spin class, who knows, but that's the fitness plan. That's the fitness plan. Let's move on to the second fill in the blank, Uh, your fun plan. What is your fun plan? My fun plan, I will fill in the blank. Okay, what is it that fills your cup? What is it that recharges your batteries? What is it that puts a smile on your face? You know, for me, as I mentioned, it's spending quality, intentional time with my family, with my kids, and for me, I know that whenever I get home from work, that I can be distracted. But one of the goals that I strive for on a weekly basis is, is to say, you know, i want to take five days a week. And I want to spend two hours of intentional time with them. And so what does intentional time look like? It means leaving this thing in the car. It means putting this thing on the ledge of the entryway. It means putting this thing upstairs and putting it on a charger and leaving it up there because this thing is a magnet for my attention. And I'd rather my attention be uh, magnetically drawn to my kids. So what is it that fills your cup? That helps you to say, thank you God for the provision of my life. Think about that. Put those daily steps down. I'm gonna give you one final one that talks about how can we better integrate and be intentional with all of these seven areas. And and it's this, my plan for integrating and finding greater harmony within these areas. And here they are, the, the seven of them. Family, friends, future, finance, fitness, fun, and faith. I will fill in the blank. How do you feel God prompting you, leading you to find greater intentionality and harmony amongst all of these different areas in your life? You know, this might take you a little while because as we think about it, it's not always easy to blend these seven areas I'll give you an example here in just a moment, but I, what I want you to really understand is that each of these areas, they, they have a cause-and-effect relationship with the other. For example, you get a new promotion at work. So now the finance piece is thumbs up. Uh, maybe you're making more than you ever thought you could. But what does that affect when you say yes to that? What does that affect on your family? What is that effect going to have on your fitness, your physical life? What is that effect going to have on your fun? Okay, let's say that you've got an opportunity to pursue something fun that's really enjoyable to you. But now you've got to ask the question, am I going to go at it alone or can I bring my friends and my family along? To pursue this fun thing, do I have the finances to do it or is it going to leave me bankrupt? You can see that all of these areas and these aspects, we need to find ways to blend them together to find greater intentionality and integration with them. And as I think about it, there was one moment in this last week Where it was just kind of that that golden moment that, uh, as I was reflecting on it, really just all of these seven areas came together. And before my wife, Cassie, and I moved back up here to Minnesota, we were living in Dallas. I was pursuing a master's degree down there, and we were serving as college pastors. And what was so great is that after we left, a lot of these students, they grew up, right, shocker. They grew up, they graduated, and then many of them got married, and I, I've just got this incredible honor that sometimes they'll invite me to come back and officiate their wedding. And so Cassie and I had this opportunity uh, to, to fly down to Houston to officiate a wedding. And as I think about it, these seven areas came together. First of all, family. Uh, you know, for the Bush family, for Cassie and I, it has been a very, very full couple of weeks and a couple of months where there's almost been zero margin where we're pressed in on all sides but for her and I to get away and to reconnect. And then my folks drove down from East Texas and we had lunch together on Sunday and and we just had that family moment that was so great. And then for Cassie and I, you know, to get away and just to have conversations. We started to have conversations about our future because it was really important because not only have our last few months been really crazy, but our next few months are gonna be really crazy as well because we're expecting our third child come October. (laughs) Woo! yeah. So pray for us, please, three three kids. We're going to zone coverage now. Um, (laughs) But we talked about our future and having more kids, which meant we had the finance conversation as well. But then on Monday, we went to this wedding for me to officiate. And there was a couple that flew in from Seattle and I officiated their wedding back in 2017. I had no idea that they were gonna be there. And after the wedding, we're sitting there at the reception and I'm standing next to them and I look over and I can just tell, Man, they love one another and they love Jesus. And then I look across the room and I see the couple who just got married about an hour and a half earlier uh, doing one of their first dances. And it just swelled up my heart. I was like, man, my heart is so full right now. So we had friends, we had family, we had future, we had finances. But then the next day, we had a late flight out of Houston. And so we were talking through it. And it's like, okay, what what should we do to kill the time? And so we drove down to Galveston. And uh, we took a walk along the beach, uh, which, you know, walking on the beach is a little bit harder than walking on grass, isn't it? Yeah. Go with it. Fitness. Yes. Yes, you see it. It's a little bit of stretch. But come on now. Let's go. But then we got to it. And we still had a few hours to kill. And I'm like, Cassie, what do we do? And she's like, I wanna go play mini golf. And I'm like, yes, never say no to a pregnant lady when she wants to play (laughs) putt-putt. So we went and we played mini golf. Now here's the thing about our relationship. Both Cassie and I are very, very competitive, even when it comes to mini golf. In fact, you can see in this photo here, there might've been some trash talking being done. (laughs) Okay, look at that fierce game face. But here's the thing, I won. I'm kidding. She let me win on the next hole, right here. I love turtles. Hole in one, baby. Let's go. That's what sealed the deal. She let me win, though. In all honesty. So we were sitting there and we had so much fun. So we've got six of the Fs that, or six of these areas that have uh, come through in our lives. And then we're driving back up to Houston and, and we've got a late night flight on Tuesday night. And, and as we're sitting there, you know, it's it's a busy week. So I, I pull out my laptop. It's like 10:30 at night. And I begin to work on this sermon. And the cabin is dark and, you know, there's just a few lights on. But as I began to sit there and, and reflect on the last 48 hours, my heart just swelled with just immeasurable gratitude and thankfulness. And, and I just began to say, God, thank you for the last three days. Though so it was crazy and it was wild, thank you for the last three days. And my heart enlarged. And I was so grateful to God for all of his provisions and his blessings. And my faith really blossomed at that point. And so that's what it looks like to live a life of intentionality and integration. That's what it looks like to have a life that's thriving and flourishing. And as I think about it, this isn't just something that we're just kind of pulling out of thin air and thinking, wouldn't this be a good idea to talk about? Rather, we see it in the words of Jesus John's gospel captured the words. Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I come that you might have life. Not just any life, abundant Zoe life. A life of flourishing here and now physically that we can experience the love and the hope and the blessing of God through his son, Jesus Christ. And that we can have a, a thriving life futuristically when we are in heaven with him, a, a life of love and, and, and aboding with him and all things. And so today we have the opportunity to be reminded of this truth, that Jesus comes to give us Zoe abundant life. Because as we come to the table today and and we hold these elements in our hands, we're reminded that Jesus gave us new life because of his death. Uh, that as we hold the, the bread and the cup in our hands, that this is his body given for us and this is his blood shed for each and every one of us. And I realize that some of us might be sitting here today and you might find yourself in that moment where you're like, yeah, I feel like my life is purposeless and meaningless and I'm just searching and striving for more and more answers. Here's my invitation to you. Invite Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life. That's what this table stands for that he is a good, generous, loving God that wants you to thrive and flourish in life, that he laid down his life so that ours might abound. And so friends, I I just invite you in this time now, may we think and reflect and remember his sacrifice as we hold the bread and the cup. May we remember all that Christ has done for us and may we listen to his promptings for how he's calling us to live a life that thrives. Would you please stand with me as we pray? Gracious Father, we thank you so much that you sent your son Jesus, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Uh, we are reminded of perhaps one of the greatest memorable verses, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And so, Lord, we want that life. We want a life that is thriving and flourishing. We want a life to where we can say, God, thank you for your provision and your blessings. Show us how to pursue that. Show us how to receive that from you. Show us what it means to fix our eyes upon you, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And so as we hold these elements, may we do so with glad and sincere hearts for all of who you are and all that you have done. We pray, Lord, that you be praised and glorified in this time. We pray it all in the beautiful, matchless name of Jesus and by the power of the Spirit and all God's people said,